welcome to Chapter 3 of The King's Secret. Before I knew it, it was time for me to leave. I'd spent the last two days using up my herbs and other various ingredients so they wouldn't go to waste in my absence. I mostly made luck potions and handed them out to staff or my brothers. I had enough herbs for a few healing potions, which I gave to our lead doctor to use for extreme cases. I packed a single trunk of clothing and toiletries, planning to buy items on my school list when I reached Parsible. The academy was located on an island out in the ocean, and the only ferry that traveled to it left from that city. So there were an abundance of magic shops there. I hugged my brothers goodbye and climbed into the taxi Edwin had hired. The five-hour drive was uneventful and rather boring with no one to talk to, but it was far better than riding the train. Those things always managed to make me motion sick. When we arrived, I unloaded my trunk and thanked the driver, happy that my brother had already paid him. I had been given a massive allowance, but the convenience of the act was enjoyable. It wasn't hard to find the ferry. There was an insanely long line of students waiting to have their luggage loaded. The secondary letter within my admission envelope had stated that luggage was ferried over first and taken to the students' rooms for them. The school did this in order to allow the students more time to mingle in the city or pick up supplies. As I stepped up to the line, I compared the ornate gold luggage tag on my trunk to the paper tags that many of the other students had to mark their belongings and rolled my eyes. Edwin wouldn't do something that tacky. It must have been Burke's idea. Considering the line's length, I decided it would be wise to wait there and read over the list of things I needed again. A soft voice called out to me from behind. Are you new? It was a girl about my age, curly brown hair and freckles. Sorry, it's just I haven't seen you before. Uh, yeah. I extended my hand to her. I went easily. Her eyes grew wide and her face turned bright red. Oh my god. You're that prince that everyone's been talking about. I'm, I'm Lena Lowry. Well, that's great. I failed to hide my annoyance. Here I was hoping to blend in. Dude, an older boy behind her moved up to shake my hand as well. No chance in hell for blending in, my friend. Not after what you did to the headmaster. I'm Alfred Gurn, by the way. Oh, it was my turn to blush. I didn't realize that would become gossip. I never meant to scare him that bad. It was a lie, of course, but they didn't need to know that. Something that big will always become gossip. Lena laughed. He's an asshole anyways. Still, it's sad what he did to Ada for laughing. What? My concern for her mounted in that moment. Though I wasn't sure why I was so worried about her. I barely knew her. Yeah. Alfred sighed. Dude's a real dickhead. I saw her the day after the auditions in Fiddlewells, ordering this year's textbooks. She had a nasty bruise on her face. He hit her? I questioned, suddenly remembering Ada's rule about asking questions. Yeah, Lena shrugged. He does it all the time. Never in front of students, though. Usually what he does in front of students is worse. Alfred shuddered. I still have nightmares about his witch trials demonstration. Oh, God, Lena gasped. Don't remind me. I don't think I want to know, I said, even though I did. You don't, Alfred stated flatly. 
A screech sounded from above, and the three of us looked up. Speak of the devil, and she shall appear. Lena waved as the red-tailed hawk zipped past. Several other students did, too. They must know her bird form quite well. I watched as Ada landed on the ferryman's shoulder. All right, Alfred sounded excited. This line is about to start moving. Ada's given the go-ahead for baggage to be loaded. As she flew up from the man's shoulder, a whistle blew, and two crew members started taking bags. They moved with inhuman speed and stacked with insane precision. I'd been so focused on the two men's movements that I hadn't noticed Ada flying directly towards me until she drew up, flapping her wings in my face. I instinctively grabbed her to protect my eyes, eliciting a gasp from several older students. Hi, I said in surprise, looking at the beautiful bird in my hands. Her eyes seemed to sparkle with life. Why did you do that? I was happy she was okay. To see if you were paying attention, her voice echoed in my mind. I liked the feeling. Now toss me up. I have a few more things to do before the school year starts. As you wish, my lady. I tossed her into the air and a few more gasps ran out. After watching her fly away, I turned to Lelina and Alfred. I just did something wrong, didn't I? Well, Lena looked faint. You did just manhandle the headmistress. You know she's naked, right? Alfred chimed in. I felt the hot heat of a blush creep up my neck and ears. Nope, didn't really think about that. I just didn't want her clawing my eyes. Alfred busted out laughing, earning several scowls from parents of young children who stood nearby. As we neared the front of the line, I could see that the crewmen were, in fact, not human. I wasn't sure what they were, but it definitely wasn't human. I handed my trunk off and started to walk away. Alfred called after me. Hey, Owen! I turned to see Lena waving. Let's get lunch! The ferry won't be back for two hours. I'd love to, I said, but I need to get supplies, and I have no idea where I'm going. No problem, man, Alfred wrapped his arm around Lena hanging on her lightly. We can help you after lunch. Gotta have food to fuel the shopping. You remind me of my brother, I blurted, thinking of Burke. It's a good thing, I swear. Well, that's cool, Alfred smiled. Ever had calamari? Oh, yes, please, Lena begged. Mom doesn't let me eat it at home. I've tried it before, I admitted, but it wasn't all that good. Though I've heard places on the shore have the best because it's fresh. Heck yeah, Alfred stood, and I know just the place. Lunch turned out to be quite fun, though I wasn't a fan of the seafood. I learned that Lena and Alfred had been in a relationship for almost three years, and that they'd both started attending the school the same year as Ada. We continued the conversation as we rummaged through the shops. She's insanely powerful. Lena said as she picked up three potions kits and placed them in our cart. She advanced to senior status within three years. She's been on the school board for six years and headmistress for four. You might think having a 17-year-old for a headmistress is weird, Alfred chimed in. Imagine having a seven-year-old showing you up in your senior advanced courses. He placed some random herb in a cart and winked at me. I'm sure I'd find out what it was for later. That would probably be humiliating for some, I stated as I plucked a small potions cauldron from the shelf. Lena and Alfred already had one. 
Not as humiliating as having your husband go goo-goo over a twelve-year-old. Lena scoffed as she filled the cart with notebooks and folders. Mrs. Prim went insane and killed herself after he admitted his adorations for Ada. That's the official report, anyway, Alfred stated as he tossed bags of junk food in. I heard he had her killed. That's more believable, Lena murmured. Ada didn't ask for his attention. I know that much. I remember coming across them in the hall one day. She'd just finished teaching a course and was headed to her office when he pinned her against the wall. He'd told her that if she screamed, he'd kill her. Fucking freak didn't even care that other students were around. The whole situation sounds like a mess. Ada's words came to mind instantly. Oh yeah. Alfred was digging around on a shelf for a fresh bottle of tadpoles. On a different note, we have two days to settle in at the academy before classes begin. So we can show you around the school if you want. I'd like that a lot, I admitted as I joined in the search. We only found two canisters with happy wiggly larvae. So I found a third one with slightly less wiggly babies and settled for it. I've heard it's huge. Once we had finished our supply shopping, the cart was overflowing. Lena chewed on her thumbnail as the cashier rang up the total, worried that she didn't have enough cash. 336 fid, please. Damn it, Alfred! Lena dug in her pocket. I told you not to grab that many snacks! As she frantically searched through her wallet, I laid down three golden coins. Since you guys are helping me out so much, the least I can do is buy the snacks. I smiled as their eyes bulged. Right, Alfred laughed. Totally forgot that you were a pri- Lena elbowed him in the ribs and laid down the 36 remaining spid. Lena, that hurt! Alfred rubbed his side dramatically as she loaded him up with bags. You'll live, she scolded and kept loading. I wish we had Mistress Malia's bag right now, I said as we carried our treasures out of the store. No kidding, Alfred huffed. That thing is dope. Sometimes she hides in there to get away from annoying students. I would, Lena laughed. Did you know she has an apartment in that thing? She literally lived out of her bag for two years. Sometimes she stays the night in there when she's too tired to go home. That's amazing. I couldn't believe I was getting this winded. But then again, I'd never had to carry this much stuff for so long. Do you think levitating the groceries would be too weird for people? Psh! Alfred laughed. Look around you, man. Floating gross should be the least weird thing seen on these streets. I would have done it already, but I struggle with those sorts of spells. I'm more of a chemist. I looked about for the first time since arriving. He wasn't kidding. Matadors, goblins, cats riding on brooms solo. Floating bags wouldn't be an issue. Well, I don't. Drop them. This is dumb. The two of them looked at me skeptically, then shrugged and set the bags down. Levitating the bags individually would be mentally draining, so instead I used my favorite spell, barriers. I created a box and stacked the bags inside, glancing up to see Lena and Alfred's confused faces turn into fascination when they realized that something was holding the goods. Once the box was filled, I levitated it and turned to them with a smile. Dude, Alfred poked the barrier box on two sides. You can perform soul magic? That's fucking wicked! Soul magic? I was confused. What's that? 
You can use your soul to manipulate magic energy, Lena explained as we walked. Many mages need something to channel the energy, like words or a wand or a staff. Only top-tier mages can do it using nothing. Huh. I had no idea. I just forced myself to do it so I wouldn't get caught practicing magic at home. Parents not fans? Alfred asked. Nope. I admitted. My father is strictly against magic, hence why it's taken me so long to get here, and all of the magic bans in the royal city. I sort of understand that, Alfred nodded. My mom isn't too fond of it either. Blames magic for my dad's death. I hate to tell her that he's not really dead. He just used an exploding potion as a way to get away from her. He sends me postcards from Tahiti while I'm here at school. That's actually kind of funny. I said as we reached the ferry dock. Isn't it? Alfred chuckled. Hey, don't mess around or we'll end up on separate rides. Lena grabbed onto both of us and muscled her way through the crowded dock and onto the equally crowded ferry. We pushed our way to a staircase where one of the crewmen were waiting. Lena pulled out an ID card to show them. Lena Lowry, Jr. The crewmate let her through. Alfred showed his card and was admitted. I just stood there. I didn't have a card to show. Lena tapped the thing's shoulder and Alfred tossed me his card while his attention was elsewhere. When the crewman turned back to me, I mimicked the actions they'd done and, to my amazement, it stepped aside. What is that thing? I asked as we ascended to the second, far quieter level of the ferry. It's a golem, Alfred said as he dug around in the bags for something. Basically possessed clay. Great for labor, but lacking in brains. Younger students don't try to come up here because they're scared of them. Interesting. I pulled my waistcoat tighter, wishing I had my cloak that was safely tucked away in my trunk. The ocean air was cold. It'll only be for a little while, Lena assured me, noticing my discomfort. The ferry's quite fast. What happens when we get to the academy? I asked. Well, Lena pondered for a moment. Alfred and I usually head to our rooms to unpack, but first years and transfers have an orientation. Who should he go to for that, Alfred? Alfred pulled the mystery herb from earlier out and tucked it into his pocket. Probably your RA. RA? I asked. Resident assistant, Lena clarified. And Alfred, please, for the love of God, don't get caught with that. If I'd seen you stick it in the cart, I would have taken it out. What is it? I'd been wondering for the past hour. It's a hallucinogen, he whispered to me before turning to Lena. And don't worry, babe, I won't. I'm not that dumb. Lena rolled her eyes and smiled. As the ferry arrived at the island, students were ushered out by level to avoid a traffic jam. We waited patiently, watching all of the little ones skitter off the boat, older students leading the younger ones in the right direction. I couldn't help but wonder how different my life might be if I'd been sent here at that age. When it was our turn, I lifted the box of bags once again, allowing it to float behind us as we traveled. Alfred led me to the men's room roster as Lena flounced off towards the women's list. I searched and found my name. B-level F4? I said out loud. Man! Alfred laughed as he continued to search. I keep forgetting you have money. You're so laid back. F-level X-10. Well, at least I don't have to share a room this year. Hey, 
I said as I tried to remember the odd number combination. Why don't we stop at your room first so you can get you and Lena's share of the loot? Sounds like a plan, Alfred sighed. Hope you're up for a walk. Sure. I really didn't mind. This was the most fun I'd ever had. Alfred led me through several levels of the academy dormitories, explaining as we went how each level worked. There were ten levels, A through J, each level containing 26 pods, each pod containing ten rooms. Even number rooms were single bedrooms. Odd number rooms were shared by two or three people. Pods had common areas where students could mingle. Levels A through C were private suites for high-paying or special placement students. Seeing as how Edwin had arranged my board, this explained why I was placed in a high-level room. Levels D through F were for junior and senior-ranked students. And levels G through J were for everyone else. When we finally came to Alfred's room, we both sighed in relief. The chaos of move-in day was a little much especially when trying to maneuver our floating goodies through the halls. So this is how we get into our rooms. Alfred held up his hand and pressed it to the center of the door. Alfred Gern, register. The door flashed white and the lock clicked open. You won't need to say your name after the first time. Just the hand is enough. On move-in day, the doors are a clean slate. Only an RA or a teacher can reset them. That's probably the best security system I've ever seen. I said as we slipped inside. It was a smallish room, no frills, just a bed, simple writing desk, and a small closet. Where's your bathroom? It's in the commons area, Alfred said as he started rummaging through the bags. Huh, I guess I'd never thought about something like this, but a communal bathroom probably saved on water and maintenance issues. I turned and started going through the bags as well. Let me help. We had the goods separated within minutes. The majority of them were to stay in his room. I only had two small bags full of school-centered goods and my cauldron. Can I see what your room looks like? Alfred asked sheepishly. I've always wanted to know. I don't see why not. We turned to leave, carefully making our way back up through the levels. Alfred greeted friends and introduced me to people as we made the trek. I had no hope of remembering their names. But at least they would be familiar faces. The B level was distinctly different from the lower levels. There were hardly any people in the halls, and those who were were dressed in expensive clothing. Many of them would smile at me before scowling at Alfred. Are they typically this rude to people who don't have money? Yep, he said with little care. Just wait until finals time rolls around. Lots of these snobs pay lower level students to do their homework and then they can't pass the tests. They start blaming the people they paid for making them look too smart. It's a riot. Sounds positively daft. I hated people who acted like they were better than others simply because they'd been born into financial wealth. Indubitably. Alfred used a horrific, affluent accent, and I couldn't help but laugh. As we reached my room, I held up my hand just as Alfred had. Owen Aisley, register. The door flashed white and unlocked. I opened it and stepped inside. It was very similar to my room at home. A large canopy bed, bay window, private bath, large closet, love seat beneath the window, and a credenza-style desk nestled into the corner of the room. 
am. Alfred stood in the center of the room and looked around. This is nice. Meh, I guess so. I shrugged and set my bags on the desk. I'd be happy with your room, honestly. We're here to learn. All we need is a bed and a desk. You're something else, Owen. Alfred laughed and flopped down on the love seat. You're more than welcome to study in here if you'd like, I offered. I won't lie. Having someone around to help if I mess up a potion or a spell would be nice for a change. I hear that, Alfred laughed. I altered a love potion one time and accidentally poisoned myself. If Lena hadn't been there, I'd be dead. A love potion? Really? I asked skeptically as I opened my trunk. It had been placed at the foot of my bed. It was our anniversary, he sighed. I wanted it to be extra romantic. You know? Sure, I chuckled. A trip to death's door is real romantic. He was about to respond when a knock came on my door. Dude, this is super cool. Just say open while looking at it, and it'll open. I stared at the door and spoke. It swung open slowly to reveal a sharp-dressed, older male student with slicked-back mahogany pompadour haircut. His face adorned with a rather unimpressive mustache and goatee. Hello. He stepped into the room. My name's Joseph Verk. Looks like we'll be neighbors this year. Nice to meet you. I approached and extended my hand, only to have him look me up and down instead of accepting the greeting. We'll see. His gaze shifted lazily to Alfred. I only knocked because I heard a rat through the wall. I hope you don't expect to subject your neighbors to riffraff during your stay. Thank you for the concern. I'll keep that in mind, I said flatly. Oh, and Joseph, I hope you don't plan to subject innocent bystanders to that offensive facial hair. It truly is a sad sight. I don't think you understand who you're talking to. He stepped further into my room, and I instinctively squared up. No! I was surprised by my own authority, though I'm not sure why. I don't think you understand who you're talking to. Back down, Viscount Verk, and bow before your prince. Unless you should like to find your accommodations as well as your title stripped. The boy was taken aback by my statement. Prince, you lie. There are no mages in the royal family. Do you not see the crest upon my coat? The family crest was sewn into every article of clothing I owned. His eyes darted to my chest, and I saw his lip quiver. The boy bowed slow and deep. My apologies, your highness. I'll keep to myself. That would be wise. Now. I raised his head via levitation, shocking him further. I'd appreciate it if you'd leave my room. He spun without a word closing the door gently as he left. I let out a breath that I hadn't realized I'd been holding. At some point during that, Alfred had come to stand beside me. His presence was comforting. Dude, he whispered, that was the best thing I've ever seen. I looked at him, and upon seeing his stupid smile, burst into laughter. I've never done anything like that. I hissed through guffaws not wanting my neighbor to overhear. Alfred settled into his own laughter and patted my shoulder. I seriously like you. You're pretty cool too, Alfred, I smiled. Why don't we go see what Lena's up to? I'd say sure, but she's probably still unpacking. He walked to the door. A better idea is to find your RA.
I'm sure that orientation is happening somewhere. Right. I followed him out the door. RAs have green doors, Alfred stated as we walked through the quiet hall. So all we have to do is find the green door. RAs have been here for two days, preparing for students to arrive. So we don't have to worry about them being in the middle of unpacking. That's considerate, I said, looking at each door as we passed. The green one was at the end of the hall. I knocked gently and waited. The door opened to reveal a small man with flaming red hair and pointy ears. How may I help you? Owens knew. Alfred saw my confusion and stepped in. Is there an orientation he should be at? The little man closed the door for a few seconds, removing something from the back of it before reopening it. Owen Aisley? Yes, sir. I managed. Your orientation is tomorrow at 6.30 a.m. You'll meet in the auditorium. The man tucked his clipboard back and looked up at me. Do you need help finding it? Uh, I looked at Alfred and he laughed. I can show him, Alfred said. Unless you want something to do. I don't imagine you get too many questions up here. No, I don't. His smile lit up his small face. Name's Carlin. I couldn't help but raise my eyebrow. Your parents have a sick sense of humor. To my surprise, the little man laughed heartily. <laughs> Don't they? Feckin' bastards. Feel free to stop in and ask me anything. Door's always open if you need help. I appreciate it. I gave him a warm smile before we turned away. To the auditorium? Alfred asked. Yeah. Uh, was he, uh... I was struggling to figure out how to ask without sounding rude. A leprechaun? Yeah. Alfred wasn't phased one bit. Never seen one before, huh? I just shook my head. I'm realizing just how little of the magic world I've been exposed to. The next few weeks are going to be rough. He tucked his hands behind his head as we walked. Honestly, I can't wait until you see the greenhouse. That's the stuff of nightmares right there. Wonderful, I sighed, wondering exactly what I'd gotten myself into. That concludes Chapter 3 of The King's Secret. I hope you've enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll return for Chapter 4. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye!